Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Sarah, and today I have an episode with Seth Lyon. Now, you've probably met his wife through my podcast, Irene, and we have talked extensively about healing trauma and the nervous system, how these things really affect our bodies long term as adults. Well, today I have a pretty interesting conversation with Seth. Uh, I'm a little nervous to release this, but I feel like this topic, it's time for us to talk about it. It is really time for us to bring it out into the open. I have a feeling some people might be a little turned off by the conversation, but again, I think it's an important thing that we really need to talk about. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And I just wanted to also mention that Seth and Irene's program, the 21 day nervous system reset, which is what I actually started with is going to be on sale this weekend, the 25th, they have their black Friday sale. And so make sure you use the link down in the show notes to take advantage of that hundred dollars off. If you're interested in doing some nervous system healing after you hear this podcast, which think you might be. (laughs) It's a pretty interesting topic, pretty interesting conversation. And again, I have done all of these programs and highly recommend them. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I do want to thank a couple sponsors of the podcast. The first one is going to be Viva Rays. You can use my code Yogi to save 15% on those circadian glasses. You know, I'm a huge fan of these because one of the things that really helps me with my mental health is making sure that my circadian rhythms are intact. So I wear the glasses before sunrise if I happen to be up, if I have a late night or middle of the night feeding with the baby, I'm wearing the red glasses. And then when I'm on a screen during the day to protect my eyes, I'm wearing that base layer of the yellow glasses. So these are really, really excellent at helping to keep those circadian rhythms nice and healthy. And you can use my code Yogi to save at Viva Rays. There's a link in the show notes. Also quickly want to mention, if you're listening to this before November the 30th, all of my courses are going to be on sale, 25% off using the code holiday sale, all caps, all one word. So check that out. Another link down in the show notes. And then one more sponsor, Optimal Carnivore. Another way I keep my brain in tip top performance is using their brain nourish product, which is beef brain and lion's mane. I also am a huge fan of their organ meat complex as well as their liver. These are wonderful at helping to fill in any nutritional gaps. And you can use my code carnivore uppercase Y to save on those Optimal Carnivore capsules. <laughs> It'd be nice if I could talk today. All right. Enjoy today's episode. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have a very special guest. Now, you have probably met, if you've been watching my show for a while, or husband, or you've met Irene, Irene Lyon. And today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with her husband, Seth. And we're going to talk about his trauma healing story, and just a lot of things that I think um, don't really get brought out into the light. So thank you, Seth, for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Sarah, for having me. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, so you have, I feel like you have a really interesting story. And some of my, you know, I have a private membership group, and some of the members in there have done Irene's uh, program, Mm. and you facilitate a lot of that program as well, which I've done. 
the nervous system, um, you know, smart body, smart mind, which is yeah. excellent, highly recommend. And you help facilitate a lot of that. So I've had a lot of people that have done that program that are like, can you get Seth on your podcast, please? We really yeah. want to hear from Seth. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I do the Q&A calls and I manage a couple of the pages in there. And yeah, yeah, I'm quite involved with answering people's questions and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's just, I mean, let's just jump into your story yeah. of, yeah. you know, trauma healing and, and mm. just some of, I just think it's so interesting. Some of the things you've been through and overcome. So mm. start wherever you feel is relevant. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, you know, I think one of the most important things to highlight is, and this is something that thankfully is getting bigger coverage like uh, with Gabor Mate making the rounds yes. recently with his latest book, which is all about yes. toxic norm. And that is essentially what I grew up steeped in, um, which was, you know, from the outside, from uh, a normal sort of perspective, I had a great childhood. Like I had everything I needed materially. Um, I had friends. I, I had school. I had you know, shelter, food, all that stuff. Um, I was living in suburbia, grew up in the Bay Area. Um, I was in a split family, uh, so my parents got divorced when I was two, and I went back and forth between their houses, two weeks here, two weeks there. Again, that's very normal, uh, considered normal, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, growing yeah. up in, uh, you know, public school system, uh, just going through that sort of normal 80s, 90s uh, childhood into college in the early 90s, and, you know, it's it's so interesting the way that these things that are perceived as normal in so many ways are really, really unhealthy for us. And I know this is something you've gotten into just, you know, especially oh, yeah. more lately with screens and that sort of artificial light and all that stuff. And, yes. and back then we didn't have that so much, but we still had, you know, just the rigidity of the environment, you know, non concrete jungle, right? Like just mm -hmm. very little access to nature or recognition that that was important. So lots of walking on just these hard surfaces, playing, falling, getting screwed, you know, bra bruised and scraped up and all that stuff, you know, which is normal, but not a lot of connection to nature in general. Um, mm -hmm. That wasn't understood to be valuable. And then growing up in like the school system, which is, you know, very regimented and mechanical and basically, you know, the style of learning is take in, regurgitate, forget about it. And, you know, there's not much encouragement for creative thinking and there's all the weird social dynamics that happen. You know, so yeah. all of those things, you know, medical system uh, has got some major problems with it, right? So there's, yeah. there's, there's <laughs> things that happen and that happen to me um, which we can get into in more detail later, but that were considered normal, that were extremely traumatic. Um, yep. For myself, one of the biggest things was being born preemie. I was born mm. six weeks preemie and spent my first about month in an incubator, uh, separated wow. from you know my mom, from my family system. So that creates a profound uh, trauma early on, attachment wound. Uh, you know, I, I often said later in life that I spent a lot of time trying to recreate that. Uh, that container for myself, that of isolation, mm. because um, it was it was what was safe and also at the same time profoundly damaging, you know. But when you're yeah. that, that little one um, being separated like that is is a real tough blow to the to the developing system. There's the ventral vagal system; it it needs that that connection with the mother, the nursing, the skin on skin contact. I mean, for different parts of the brain and nervous system that are developing. 
so I missed some of that. Um, and then, you know, my folks separating at the age of two, it was also another big rupture. And also yeah. that was considered normal. Um, and so, you know, these things were happening to me and there was no awareness in the field that like, oh, maybe this is having an effect on Seth's nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the, yeah. the effects then tend to compound. You have wound on top of wound and none of it is getting addressed. None of it seems particularly horrific, right? I wasn't, right. I, I was spanked, which again is just a normalized way of saying hitting your kid, right? Right, um, exactly. <laughs> right yep it's a i was 80s 90s kid too so yeah, yeah we go go yeah. get the switch off the tree you pick the one you mm, want to get yeah. hit with yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's totally yeah. normal yeah yep yep <laughs> yeah so but i wasn't like i wasn't horrifically abused in any way that would be right right it wouldn't be considered that or, or neglected or right. anything right um right. but these experiences pile up on top of each other um and the ramifications of those impacts to the nervous system as they compound, they ended up leading to me anyways, to have complex PTSD by the time I graduated high school. Um, wow. I mean, there was also, I also lost my older brother uh, when I was 13. My brother who was 21 died um, after battling cancer for a couple of years. Uh, oh. So that was another big rupture and also an early yeah. insight for me into the medical system and its shortcomings when it comes to dealing with internal illness, uh, because yeah. it was the treatment that killed him, not the cancer. Uh, wow. so, you know, after two years of being poisoned by chemo and radiation, and then finally had an allergic reaction to um, a, a, a sort of experimental procedure. And yeah. And so it's, it, it was for oh, me wow. a big, planted some seeds of just like, hmm, maybe that's not the best system for all things. Like, right, right. I mean, be wrong for, for things like catastrophic injuries and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that car accident, you know, those uh, bacterial infection, those types of things It can be amazing. But when it comes to things like cancers and autoimmune disorders and the kind of things that Irene and I see in our practice, yeah. primarily, uh, things that are considered emotional, mental, like depression, anxiety, but are actually physiological. And those, yes. you know, then spin into autoimmune disorders, chronic yes. gut problems, right? So I experienced a bunch of that. By the time I graduated from high school, I had, you know, chronic digestive issues, irritable bowel, uh, you know, going sort of back and forth between constipation, diarrhea. That was normal for me. I just thought like, whatever, that's how it is, right? Okay. Uh, I had depression. Yeah. I had social anxiety, um, I had uh, addiction. So all of these things uh, that I ended up as a result of my seemingly normal, good childhood, right? Um, yeah. And so that, you know, I went to college, that was a bit of a reprieve. I got to sort of discover myself a bit. And when I graduated college, I basically was just bumming around with some friends. I wasn't in a hurry to, you know, succeed <laughs> in any traditional sense. And I discovered uh, meditation. I had already been living a somewhat alternative lifestyle, um, just connected to hippie, you know, the hippie culture, counterculture kind of thing. And then I discovered uh, meditation. I got really into Vipassana, did a, a, a 10 day sit that was uh, very impactful. <laughs> yeah. 10 days yeah. of silence. Yeah. 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 And, and for me, um, I soaked it up. It was, it was great. Like for my nervous system, that was fantastic. No one's going to talk to me. I can just sit here and like, Oh, amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and had a very profound experience with it. I, I didn't realize till later it didn't actually heal anything, but it did awaken a lot of consciousness. 
um, I became aware of different kind of um, aspects of myself, ability to connect to energy, um, ability to sense things at sort of a, a finer uh, level. So that was cool. Um, and that really put me on what I would say the, the path into the, the woods, so to speak, where I, I essentially took off from mainstream society and, and lived for about 13 years um, in the woods. Uh, I lived in Hawaii for five years, uh, just camping around, you know, eating off the land, doing work trade. Uh, met my first wife, had a child, uh, and then uh, lived in Oregon for about seven years, just in a little hot springs community living and working off grid, you know, just not connected to the mainstream world and its stressors. I thought at the time that that was just my preference. Right? That's how I'd live the rest of my life because I'd recognized how toxic uh, the mainstream culture was. I didn't really recognize that I was actually creating a safe bubble for myself because I couldn't handle uh, the mainstream world. And, and I mean, yes, there are a lot of real problems with it, but also, I mean, ideally one should have the resilience to meet those challenges and interface within that system. If we wanna you know, have any sort of impact on other people's lives, help people, we kind of need to be in the world, right? Um, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that, that wasn't something I realized till I met Irene and I started uh, doing this work and I moved to Canada and back into society and that's when I realized wow how how many problems I still had because in my safe bubble in the woods in the alternative community I was fine like I was like sort of master of my realm um, it was all good and I didn't realize how that was very actually dependent on this rigid uh, container of needing to be you know apart so that's what really led me to this work ultimately and discovering the nervous system work the trauma healing work getting into that for myself. Irene had just finished her training when I met her and I really resonated with the work as she was describing it. Um, it went along with a lot of what I had already learned uh, about scanning the body as well as sort of shamanic approaches to healing. Uh, it went along with the kind of tracking system that you do with, with Vipassana, tracking sensations. That's kind of an important part of the work. But there was so much that I was missing in terms of understanding social connection, uh, the nuance of the nervous system, how delicate it is, how to work with it. So I got fascinated by the work by doing the sessions for myself and my own healing. And then I went into the professional training. So that's the long arc from uh, suburbia to the woods to living back in Vancouver now and, and working with clients and, you know, speaking with people all over the world and you know, no longer having any of the symptoms that I did have. Um, they've pretty much all resolved um, at this point. So it took, it took, yeah, a, it took a while. <laughs> it, it does. It takes, it takes time. And I feel like we have to kind of unravel a bit. I, I resonate with so much of what, what you've shared of just kind of growing up in a similar time period and mm -hmm. the gut issues. And, um, you know, when you were living in the woods, kind of more recluse away from society did you still have the gut issues was oh yeah that still okay. oh yeah yeah oh yeah I didn't have what what it managed was the anxiety um mm -hmm. I didn't have the anxiety or the depression um because I didn't have that overwhelm from being in the sort of built environment of the mainstream 
so yeah, I, I was, I was good emotionally, but physically I still had the same gut issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that I come across people dealing with, you know, the, the, mm. the, the majority of people who have a complaint with their health it is their gut. And that's, you know, that was what led me to do a uh, carnivore diet, elimination diet, which helped tremendously. Mm. Um, but in a sense, it's kind of like, that's, you know, carnivore diet is appropriate to do for parts of the year when there's no produce and things like that growing we're not really supposed to, to ancestrally eat that way, but my mm -hmm. body couldn't handle. And I, I hear people, I can't handle this food, this food, this food, this food, this food. And yeah, the diet can help and, and provide you with a lot of relief, Yeah, but it's, it's not the solution. You're, yeah. you're, you're still not dealing with the root cause of the problem. If you're just using that diet and if you love the diet, awesome, cool, great. But still, that's a signal that maybe you want to look a little deeper at something that's going on in your body, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the gut is so sensitive. Um, mm -hmm. I think it, can get it gets thrown off uh, very easily um, in just in our toxic norm society. Oh, yeah. You know, diet does have something to do with that for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about the crap that we <laughs> grew up eating, that certainly has an effect, you know, but yeah. even more so is understanding the connection between the autonomic nervous system, the fight flight mm -hmm. responses, the, the freeze response and how that impacts the gut, because that's what really right. makes it not function. Right. Um, you know, I yeah. can get into that if you want, like, uh, just yeah, a little, sure. A little yeah, bit why not? Yeah. So, you know, we have these survival responses. Your, your, your audience is probably pretty familiar with that by now, but these are our autonomic survival responses, fight, flight, and freeze. They're supposed to be time limited. Uh, they come on to protect us from a life threat, and then they're supposed to turn off. And what trauma is essentially is when those survival responses are initiated, but they don't turn off. Uh, due to a variety of circumstances, they stay on underneath the surface. Uh, and so when that happens, what's going on is your energy, your life energy is being recruited by these survival responses. And you then have much less access to other functions that you need. So for example, our gut and our digestion, the barrier keeping functions, um, enzyme release, all of these things are autonomic processes. So when our juice, so to speak, is being hijacked by the survival centers, there's much less energy available for those restorative rest, digest, repair processes. We need to be in a certain nervous system state, which is called the low tone dorsal vagal state, where there's like a gentle hum sort of moving through the dorsal vagal branch of the, the vagal nerve. So that enables this lovely rest, digest, cell repair, barrier keeping in the gut to happen. When we're in freeze, which is high tone dorsal vagal, it's like lots of energy is going to that branch saying, shut everything down. Well, that tells the digestion to stop don't do anything, conserve all your nutrients. Mm -hmm. Or if we're in fight flight, it's saying eliminate, 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 get rid of everything as fast as possible so we can flee. So when you have both these things on underneath the surface, which is what we see the most often with early developmental trauma is that there's some fight, flight and freeze both stuck on in the system. That is sending these cross signals to the digestive system. And it's also not enabling us to access 
the restorative function of that low tone dorsal. So it, it gets us every which way. Yeah. So to say the diet is the solution yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. is not, uh, is not necessarily going to be a full truth, right? That's I, right. I think the diet, yeah, the diet can bring in a stabilizing element like, yes. right, for sure, which can be super yeah. helpful, um, making yeah. it much simpler. The carnivore diet, I know, is a very good way to go. Um, there's, you know, paleo. Or just eating meat. Just, that was the one thing just, that, yeah, totally. that I loved when when you, I did you, your and Irene's program, uh, this, this smart body, smart mind. I was like, yes, because there, there were people in there that were like, you know, I'm doing a vegan diet. I'm doing a vegetarian diet. And you guys actually address that and say probably not the best diet for your nervous system so <laughs> that's right especially to, when to, we're healing yeah. trauma yeah 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 because we, and, we and, really yeah. need the the fat you know for for one yes yeah and, yeah the fat and the amino acids yeah. are essential for the brain to, yeah. to have that feeling of safety yes um so that's one thing that i from the beginning was like, okay, this is a good program for me. Nice. They're <laughs> yeah, they're, they're on the same page. Yeah. We're on the same page here yeah. with the nutrition side that you need, you do need that healthy amount yeah. of fat and protein and the amino acids from the meat. So it's very yeah. stabilizing for the body. But if you have this level of dysfunction with your nervous system, mm -hmm. you can do, and I have met many, many folks that are doing a carnivore diet that are still struggling yeah. with these types of issues. And so yeah. that's why I've always loved having Irene as a, as a resource to point people to, um, you know, and say, Hey, yeah. this is something you may want to look a little deeper into. And then I have my people who are, you know, have the compulsive overeating and, and the, mm -hmm. all the feelings around food. That's another one where I'm like, I can't give you a meal plan to fix that issue. There's yeah. no meal plan. There is no diet. And some people may argue with me and say, oh, they put them on the right diet and they're not going to have that urge, the addiction thing. Mm. I think it can help parts of the brain, but there's deeper down some something else that needs to be addressed within the nervous system that That's is right. also contributing to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So some of this kind of like normal trauma that I think, I think that we again, we normalize it in our society. My, my sister and mm. her husband just went through, well, ex-husband now just went through divorce and they have a three-year-old and, you know, all of a sudden now the three-year-old is, is, uh, screaming and acting out and getting upset about things. And my sister's like, I don't get it. I don't understand why she's, mm. you know, it's not making any sense. And I'm like, well, um, mm. <laughs> just because this is a situation that probably needed to happen and is is very common mm. um it can make a little one feel very unsafe and and can contribute to i i think the, the behavior and the screaming it makes mm -hmm. perfect sense for me looking on the you know from the outside looking in yeah. um you know and it, it makes you kind of think like how how many other things does mm. the society and I, i'm assuming you grew up in the states obviously and and yes. now you're up yeah. in, in canada yeah. um you know, in the States, how many things do we normalize like our, in our medical system that, that cause people trauma that they may not mm. understand they're carrying these things around. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it starts so early. Like it's, it, yes. it can start with birth. I mean, for yes. one, it, it can start with the mother's environment while the baby is growing. 
right? What is happening in mama? What's going on with her stress chemistry as baby yes. is forming? Because it your fetus is exposed to all the same chemistry, right? That you yes. run it in your system. So uh, it can start as early as in the womb um, with just the mother not getting the support she needs to address mm -hmm. her stuff. Uh, you know, and, and what is not healed will repeat. So, you know, anything yes. in the parents that is not addressed, that will be reflected by the child. Um, yep. And, you know, I know as a parent myself, how triggering that can be, because yes. what they will do is reflect back to you the exact things that are unresolved in you, usually from the same age. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, it all may be well until they get into the twos. And then, that's where you started getting a lot of misattunement or neglect or uh, judgment from your parents because you started asserting your identity, right? At around age two. And so then that's in you and your kid starts asserting their identity and then that pokes on your wounds and then you get reactive and then that creates right more unsafety for them. And this is how the cycle repeats and repeats is because parents have to look at their own wounds in order mm -hmm. to not you know experience that reflection with their kids and then you know on top of that kind of stuff you have things like birth that can be very mm -hmm. difficult you know the way that um the western medical system approaches birth oh, is insane i mean just the position the position they want the woman to be in like on her back like that's not, not even trapped in a bed trapped in no. a bed like medicated yeah. Uh, not yeah. feeling the experience uh, or, you know, C-section. I understand some of these things are necessary sometimes, but right, a lot right. of it um, can be avoided if you have an actual, you know, correct understanding going into yes. the process of what the human being actually needs. Exactly. Right? Um, you know, my yeah, I think women were just so, we're so scared, you know, just like so many other things in our society where like birth is scary. Yeah. Um, having a baby is scary. You have to just trust the doctors, just trust yeah. the doctors. And, um, that, you know, I did that with my daughter and it was mm. horrible. It was not mm -hmm. comfortable. It was trapped in a bed, medicated. I didn't get the epidural. I had Pitocin. Mm. So no epidural, no pain medication, just the really the medication that brings on a ton of pain and they wouldn't let me get out of the bed. Mm. Um, and I didn't know that I could, I could just say no, you right. know, like you just, you don't, think you can just say no to things um because mm -hmm. it's so ingrained in us but yes yes, yes. absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah that birth birth trauma that happens during birth if it's traumatic for the mother if it's um then it's going to be traumatic for the baby you know yep. that kind of stuff can happen the way that um, babies get often taken away from the mother maybe that's less so now yes. i know that still is no it's still pretty common immediately yeah. the umbilical cord being cut right away immediately not, right yep. that is not what you want to do you want to wait till it stops mm -mm. pulsing right uh, right right so all these things and then you know there's other things like i mean for me personally as a man i mean this is something that's a very touchy topic for many but circumcision I mean, yes. that's a polite word for genital mutilation. I mean, let's call it Thank what it you. is, yes. right? Yeah. Um, we're, yeah. we're mutilating the genitals of infants often without yes. anesthesia. Um, yes. And they're, you know, this is a wound that not many people will necessarily get to because it's so deeply buried. Um, yes. You know, for myself, it's one that I was man managed to heal at least as much as I could after about eight years of work. Um, wow. I was able to get to that somatic memory of being cut and uh, have a renegotiation and a resolution with that process to the degree that I could. But the thing is, 
I even that I can never heal it completely because my force right. is gone, right? Like right. you don't you don't right. get that back. Um, right. And that's something that is such a profound wound. I mean, and the implications I believe are vast of of circumcision. Yeah. And if we think yeah. about what is happening there, you're cutting off the most sensitive part of the male. It's not yeah. like it's not a, the foreskin is not a cover of the penis. It is the tip of the penis. It's the right. male equivalent of the clitoris. It's the right. most sensitive uh, and it's also protective. So yes. you are removing this. It's it's such a profound wound. Also, there is the fact that a mother should protect her child from this. Right. Yes. And so yes. even though there's no cognition online in the baby, what I've discovered in myself is that the physiology has an instinctive knowing all its own that this should not be happening. Um, yep. You know, I was in this safe womb connected to this being who I was, you know, hearing her voice all the time and everything was safe. And, and now what has happened, I'm removed from that. And now I'm experiencing this. It's not a cognitive wound it's a physiological wound and a profound wound to the nervous system but i think yes. it has thank you so much for listening to today's episode a quick little break to again remind you all of my courses are on sale through the 30th of november using code holiday sale and if you're enjoying this episode with seth and you want to dive into some of this nervous system work which i highly highly recommend their 21 day program is on sale black Friday, starting this Friday, and you can save a hundred dollars on this program, which is a really, really good deal. They only run this special once a year. And again, that's actually when I bought it <laughs> for the first time I stumbled upon Irene's work before Thanksgiving in 2019 and dove right into her work. Just loved it. So I highly, highly recommend it. And again, Thank you for listening to the show. Please head on over to Apple or Spotify, leave up to a five-star review, share this episode with anyone who you feel could be helped. And one more little shout out to one more sponsor, Upgraded Formulas. Now, one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that if you have too much sodium in your body and not enough potassium, this is enough to put your nervous system into fight flight. This is a common issue when people begin to go lower carb, they start adding a lot of sodium and they throw their potassium way out of balance. And it does send your nervous system into fight flight, elevates your cortisol. So how do you know if you're in that situation? A hair tissue mineral analysis from Upgraded Formulas is a great way to find out. I always recommend getting a consultation with that. You can use my code YOGI12 or YOGI to save on that HTMA with a consultation. And I thank them very much for being a sponsor of today's show. Again, with these mineral imbalances, it can be tricky. It can be a guessing game. So sometimes it's easier to just test so that you don't have to guess what your mineral status is. All right, let's get back to the show. Patients in the psyche and that we see playing out all around us in terms of the cycle of violence against women, addiction mm. to pornography, um, yes. pornography getting more and more and more and more violent. Um, as mm. we've gone along, like when I was a kid, it was relatively innocuous compared to what is available everywhere online now. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So it's part and parcel of a cycle of this toxic masculine kind of 
uh, yeah. violence against women, brutality and sexuality that we see expressed so many ways around us. I think circumcision is a big part of that. Um, also, yeah. I think it can really disconnect a man from his power, um, you know, that we don't see a lot of powerful men sort of full of purpose and confidence without hubris. And, you know, that's not coming from a place of overcompensation, but rather confidence. That's kind of a rare breed, like at least when I, in America and Canada, when I, you know, see other men and meet other men, very often there is a, either a disconnection from their masculine power or an overcompensation into yeah. that, right? Where it's, it's, yeah. it's too much, it's, it's disconnected yeah. from the feminine or it's too much into the feminine. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of that can also have to do with these wounds of circumcision. So to, I think it's a very wide ranging uh, effect that happens yeah. that, that early experience. Yeah. And it's such a sensitive topic. I mean, and, and like you said, I don't think <clears throat> a lot of men realize that it was a traumatic thing for them. And I'm a woman. So it's like, what authority do I have to speak on this? It's not mm -hmm. something that I experienced or went through, but now I'm any day now giving birth to a son. And so yeah. that's when it <clears throat> came onto my radar. And at first, you know, I found it was a boy. I was like, well, that's something that we'll just do, you know, it's just a normal thing. Everyone does it. And uh, then I kind of stopped and, and, and started learning more, you know, mm -hmm. learning more about, okay, wow, I don't want to go to a regular hospital. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to go somewhere where I could do a natural water birth where they're not going to push interventions, where they're not going to take my baby away, where they're not going to do, you know, like I have a doula, I have a husband that we've got a plan and we're going to a low intervention center. I would love to do it here, but you know, yeah. as I have to do a little bit of what my husband yeah. is, com is comfortable with, yeah. uh, I can't just be totally my show because it's his kid too. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when I started diving into this topic and, and listening to some stories like yours of, of men saying that this was, you know, that they were traumatized by this or, you know, different doctors talking about the fact that men that have been circumcised when they walk into a hospital, their nervous system shuts down completely because mm -hmm. of that trauma. Mm -hmm. And they don't even mm -hmm. realize it. You know, I was listening to this yeah. midwife and yeah. she, she said, you know, when a man is walking into a hospital with a woman about to give birth half the, half the time, if not more, the man totally shuts down is completely unavailable yeah. because he doesn't realize that he has been through this trauma um, yeah. and that it is still affecting him, even though it's been, you know, 30 years or, or however long it, it's, it's a real thing. And so, yeah. you know, and then you get the pushback from the medical side of like, it's, uh, mm. not hygienic. Yeah. Um, they're going, yeah. the way <laughs> nature, gonna... the way nature designed us is not hygienic and a problem. <laughs> right. I, I know. And I, <clears throat> It was yeah. hard yeah. that I kind of had to have this conversation with my husband because he was like, well, he's going to get made fun of, mm. um, you know, other kids are going to look at him like he's different. I don't want that for my kid. Mm. And I'm like, I just can't see that as a reason to no. do that to a bit because they don't put them to sleep. They're wide no. awake. They're on a yeah. little board, yeah. you know, and uh, totally awake for the whole thing. Yeah. Separated. Oh, it's yeah. within hours if not on the same day of birth oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. often without even a local anesthetic 
I mean, it's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my, my, um, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's OBs at the practice I go to. It's mostly midwives, but there's some OBs. I had to see an OB last week and she said, uh, oh, are you going to circumcise the baby? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, cause she knows I don't really eat a lot of sugar. And so she's like, well, I always give the babies a little bit of sugar before I circumcise them. And I was like, yeah, no, we're, mm. not, doing, we're not doing that. We're not doing that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't see how that's like helpful. I'm not sure um, what that's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like cut off a body part and give you yeah. sugar and yeah. it'll be yeah. okay. That might um, make a lovely like, association for addiction later on. <laughs> there you, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think we're just, you know, and it's one of those things I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this episode from people mm. who are like, stay in your lane. And, mm. um, you know, this is a mm. taboo talk it, topic. You've gone too far, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think we, I think we have to talk about things like this. Um, mm. we really do, especially when we have a, a new generation coming up. And, and the thing is, I, I think the rate now of people, deciding not to go through with circumcision is about 37, 38%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's increased a lot over the years as yeah. awareness has grown about this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it is important that we put that out there because if I had had this baby 10 years ago, I probably just would have said, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, pass, pass them through, just do it. Um, but now, you know, having gone through smart body, smart mind, having just, got done the work that I've done on my nervous system and realize, you know, babies remember things, you know, we, yeah. we hold, we hold memories as somatic. It's in the yes. body. The and body so, remembers everything. That's one of the main yeah. experiences for, you know, the doctor you'll get from the doctor is, Oh, they won't remember it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. body remembers everything all the way back to yeah. the womb. I mean, you can, yeah. and you know, and I've been doing this work for long enough now that I've contacted those felt sense memories and it's, it's a real thing, you know? So, yeah. I mean, if, if anyone, you know, if you do get pushed back and, and it's, you know, it's like, well, you know, this is my lane, you know? <laughs> so, you know yeah. I'm about to have a son you know? <laughs> and I'm responsible yeah. for a human and yeah, I'm probably going to say something to, to traumatize him at some point. <laughs> or oh, do I, don't, something. I, I doubt it. I I'm doubt gonna... it. You're pretty in tune. <laughs> You know, here's I, the I, I really try my best. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's important to understand that stress is not the same as trauma too, right? Like mm, trauma yeah. is a specific thing. We're all going to experience stressful situations. There's going to be conflict in families. Always there's going to be something that will come up. You know, we're, we're human beings with different values and different personalities and different trajectories through life. So there's always going to be, you know, stress and conflict in life, but that's not the same as trauma. Trauma is right. a specific thing. Right. And so it's, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> You're pretty darn in tune. Yeah. I'm doing, I, I am really doing my best. I, re I really don't want to intentionally traumatize a child, but yeah. you know, I guess just getting back to the, the topic, you know, how can, how can people move through these types of things? That, and, mm. and, and do you yeah. think men are coming to the conclusion that this is even, I don't even think it's on people's radar. Do you? No, not for, not for a, a big degree. No. And, you know, yeah. it's not something like you have to do a lot of work uh, to get to the point to really have a felt sense of how this has affected you. It's a mm -hmm. very deeply buried wound. So, you know, there may be many people who will never have that understanding or experience of being affected by it. But I would yeah. ask like, well, 
what's your sex like do you have to right. move like physically very fast and rough in order to have an orgasm do you need a lot of stimulation that's the result of circumcision of not having your foreskin uh, right wow. when you have okay. a foreskin you're far more sensitive um just physically not to mention the deadening that happens because of the trauma physically the apparatus the penis itself is much more sensitive when it has that foreskin like i said it's like the, the male equivalent of the clitoris without that you have to move in a much more forceful kind of hard violent way to get enough stimulation to have the orgasm now that can be repaired um, one of the big parts of the healing that i did as well as addressing the, the traumatic wounds the nervous system wounds part of addressing the physical wounds because i had you know, I had um, porn addiction. I had sex addiction. These were wow. all manifestations that by the time I was in middle school, I was, I was basically addicted to porn. Um, wow. And that was in part a compensatory experience, right? Like uh, for one, it was like a sexual experience that I could totally control. I was in control. Mm -hmm. That's a very big part of, you know, when we're in trauma, we need to be in control of the situation. Yes. Yes. Right? feeling out of control or vulnerable can be very difficult um you know i was i was able to stop the tape or fast forward or pause it right i could completely manipulate the situation that is all a traumatic response and again probably considered pretty normal um, yeah right? that probably happens a lot um yeah so there's that kind of lack of sensitivity but there's also the lack of physical sensitivity that can be repaired uh to some degree by doing various forms of sexual healing practices like, um, uh, well, Tantra is sort of the Indian uh, tr tradition, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I identify yep. much more with sort of like the Chinese uh, practices, um, like uh, Montak Chia, uh, he's got a couple of great books on healing, uh, sex healing through the Tao. Uh, mm, that essentially, okay. that it's all about learning to cultivate greater sensitivity uh, through specific sexual practices, working with your energy um, on your own in different ways. Um, so you can facilitate a great reclamation of sensitivity that way, um, as well as through healing the, the traumatic wounds itself. But yeah, that can take time. Um, yeah. You know, other implications this, just for myself and that I see in a lot of men are chronically tight hips. If you think uh, about what would happen if you know in the physiology of the baby it's going to be trying to pull away from the threat that's happening in yes. the groin right and that gets stuck that's what's called an incomplete procedural memory because the baby doesn't have the musculature to escape but the nervous system will be sending the instructions to escape so there'll be these mm -hmm. unresolved instructions to pull away and pull up through the pelvic floor and that i what i see all over is chronically tight hips in men wow so yeah I wonder if that can uh, attribute to back problems also. Oh, of course. You know? Oh, yeah. If, you're, if yeah. your pelvic floor is constantly constricting and your hips are tight, that's not going to enable mobility through the, the lower back. And that's right. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Which is another, yeah, I know. another thing I had was chronic back problems. Yeah. I forgot to really? mention that. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a huge kyphosis in my spine. Um, you know, like I, I couldn't touch my toes, you know. I mean, I just, I was... Yeah, my my back was really messed up uh, chronically, which was another thing that I resolved. So, yeah. Wow, and you resolved that through this the the trauma healing work, correct? Through a combination of trauma healing work, uh, myofascial work, uh, like mm. things like rolfing, um, 
uh, deep, you know, they're getting into working with the fascial, the deep fascial structures. Um, but mm -hmm. that is not enough on its own. You also have to do the trauma healing work because yes. when you go into body work like that, without an understanding of trauma work, you can get blown out of the water. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really important to understand that all those things that open up through physical manipulation will usually have an emotional component that right. you need to have the freedom within yourself to express and have a good enough relationship with your practitioner that you can express, right? So, you know, you may be that like sobs or fear or tears, you know, anger, that these things will come through in a bodywork session. So, but it is a very powerful combo, this nervous system-based trauma healing with really good body work. Um, that's a huge part of fixing the physical manifestations of trauma, I think, is having those good sort of combinations of interventions, um, osteopathic yeah. work, acupuncture. Mm -hmm. um, these are, there's many, this is just regular massage. There's many things that can be very helpful, but you need the nervous system piece and the understanding about how the body stores emotion in these places that are chronically tight. So, right. yeah. Yeah. That's uh, gut issues, back issue. I mean, so many things people are, they just take it as normal getting older, yeah. or that's just how my body is built, you know, yes. and we don't yeah. connect it to these earlier traumas that we, again, we normalize it, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's pretty funny. My, my, you know, my husband listens to a lot of podcasts and I know Gabor Mate is kind of making the rounds right now with his new book. And so I've been talking about Gabor Mate for years, like years, <laughs> you know, read all the books and everything. And, and now he's like, Oh, have you heard this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a <laughs> yeah. little bit, a little bit. Um, but I, so I think, you know, what I'm trying to get is I think people are a lot more open at this point to listen to those things um, yeah. because we're at a, a place in society where we have to wake up, you know, mm -hmm. we have to start taking care of ourselves and our children and future generations. We're not in a, we're not in a great place right now with with society and you can either just kind of get yourself sucked you know turn it all off shut it all down get sucked into that abyss or you can begin to wake up and start to heal yourself you know yeah. and it, yep. I, I'm I'm a believer that that you can um absolutely you know, having yeah so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable once you start to do that sort of work of, of what you can actually accomplish, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think that it is becoming more and more clear, uh, the ramifications of unresolved trauma. I mean, they're, they are busting out for all to see, um, you know, mm -hmm. from a, my my main perspective is a shamanistic perspective. I mean, that's mm -hmm. something that have, has stayed with me through my early spiritual development, which essentially means that you're, I get my main source of information directly from relating to the earth herself, right? And mm. her, her plants and her creatures, right? Her, the wind, yeah. the sun, the clouds, the weather, all this stuff, right? That's the, the shaman has a relationship directly with nature. And what she tells me is that her time is coming. And the, mm. the time of the divine feminine, of of feeling people, right? of of sensitive people, of people who are interested of being of service to one another and to healing their wounds, I think that that's just the trajectory we're on, and that's a bit more esoteric of a perspective. I know. Uh, hopefully, your your audience is okay with that. Uh, but that's just you know. <laughs> if you've gotten this far in the interview, <laughs> then probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Uh, and that's just that's just what I see, and what I see all around is that this the trend towards healing um, is getting more and more and more obvious. Um, right now, that looks destructive, right? This is one mm -hmm. of the right we're because we're we're seeing the wounds so much more. Like it's stuff that has maybe been people haven't been aware of on many levels mm. is coming more to the surface, um, both personally in our society, um, you know, around the world and our cultures, uh, that which has been unresolved and wounded is becoming more visible. So I think that is a momentum that we're on and you kind of can get on that train and mm -hmm. have really great healing experiences, or you can totally turn away from it and shut down and i think that if that happens then people will get sicker you know faster mm -hmm. um, because it does we do seem to have reached sort of a dividing point where it's like okay you know let's do the work or you gotta go someplace else yes yeah. so, yeah. absolutely yeah and i think you know from from the work i've been doing just with like kind of quantum healing circadian rhythms i yeah. think people are really open to this connection with the earth that they know that their bodies know that that is where they need to go you know that that's what needs to happen that there isn't a medication there yeah. isn't necessarily even a supplement even though there could be some that might help a little bit but mm -hmm. there isn't an a necessarily like a, a quick easy solution to getting yeah. through these things that the that wisdom is there we have to stop shutting it down and, and turning it off. So I think that's yeah an important conversation to have for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There, and there's just so much natural resource available to us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, there's, there's a place for pharmaceuticals, you know, there's a place for supplements. Sure. Um, if someone is in a place where they need something to really manage the symptoms that are really extreme until they can sort of get underneath them with, with deeper work, that's fine. You know, um, right. So, but really we got to do that core, deep nervous system based trauma healing work. And we need to be in nature. We need to, yes. the work that you're doing is so important with, uh, you know, circadian rhythms and exposure to sunlight and natural light. It's, it's such a huge part of our healing. I mean, we are yes. not that different from plants in terms no. of what we need, right? Like, no, we're really we're, not. We're organisms. Um, and so we respond well to the natural environment because that is us. We are that. We are nature. So right. yeah, it's 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 very important part of healing is to understand that connection with the earth herself. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know how I, I've talked with Irene about this, but are you guys starting to see more men coming to yeah. some of your programs? Yeah, thankfully, really thankfully, funny. yes, yeah. Historically, yeah. with all sorts of healing, it's about been about ninety-five percent women. It seems like, and yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> that is slowly starting to change. We're starting to see more men coming in, and that's really great. That's really good. Yeah, because yeah. I think we all need to heal. Um, you know, not just the women or the women pushing the men into the mm -hmm. healing. It's like yeah. we we all need to get there. Um, and I think men are are the ones that sometimes need it even more than the women. You know, oh, yeah. just some of the things mm -hmm. that we've spoken about today. You know, this like have a stiff upper lip and mm -hmm. be the man and take care yeah. of the household. And you know, then yeah. I feel like the men are the ones that have some of the the health problems where they just drop dead you know mm -hmm. um because oh, yeah. they've, the, yeah. the emotion is when you internalize and don't express your emotion and it's all stuck you're not just suppressing your emotions you're suppressing your entire system there's there's yeah. no difference you know suppressing the emotions is suppressing the immune system it's all yeah. one system 
So yep. yeah, over time, uh, yeah, it'll take heart attacks, you know, um, strokes, these types of things so often uh, ultimately stem from all that is repressed inside cancers, yeah. you know, all, all of these, yes. right. They, they stem from what is repressed in the system such that it can't function optimally. So, yeah. 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 What do you think is the best way to, I guess, kind of continue to make this information more available and make men a little more comfortable with maybe even having these conversations or being okay with some of this work from, from a male point of view? Well, gosh, it's a good question. I mean, I think we got to keep talking about it. I mean, I hopefully more men will talk about their experiences of healing I think yeah. one thing that's very important, perhaps, for men to understand, I mean, we get so much imprinting around, you know, being, you know, strong, and, mm -hmm. you know, and just really, you need to understand that that's not strength in the way that it's being communicated most of the time. It's actually a brittleness, like, yeah. it's, a, it's a rigidity that makes one brittle, rather than flexible. Um, and that's not strength. Uh, real strength and courage means turning your attention to the inside. You know, to be vulnerable is to be courageous, right? So yeah. perhaps some reframing of what it means to be a courageous man uh, is necessary uh, in our society yeah. because the current models that sort of come out of what we inherited from Victorian era era down through the fifties, you know, that whole sensibility of of you know, upright, strong man sort of is, is there's many problems with that, um, that need to be looked at because yeah. we, we, yes, we do need to be connected to our masculinity and our strength. Um, and, but we also need to be vulnerable and connected to our softer side to be a whole person. Yes. So, and that takes courage. It takes courage to be vulnerable. It takes courage to look at yourself, to allow things to express that may be scary. Right. So yeah, uh, perhaps that would be helpful to if, if that that can spread a little bit, you know. <laughs> I hope so. I know yeah. I have yeah. like thirty percent of my listeners are men, so maybe there'll be some trickle down from from the episode. And I know a lot of my female listeners uh, are connected closely with men as well. So hopefully mm -hmm. this will be an episode to just bring you know bring some awareness to some things that maybe we. Yeah. I think as a society, just totally sweep under the rug, um, and, 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 an avenue for, for healing. You know, I, I still am a huge believer in the, the program that you and Irene do the smart body, smart mind, and even the 21 day nervous system healing. Ah, I think yeah. if, if more people would be open to that sort of work. Yes, that would be a huge help. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And that is a very good way to get into it. I mean, the 21 day nervous system tune up. That's that, what I, I did. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the, that's the doorway in because it's available all the time. Uh, it yeah. doesn't cost too much. It's about the cost of two good therapy sessions. Right. Uh, and it gives you tools for life and knowledge. That's incredibly important. Um, so yeah. I think that's a very good way in if people are keen and sort of their interest is sparked up by this conversation, I would say, check yeah. out that. Um, yeah. Or you can look for a practitioner in your area. Uh, you can look for a somatic experiencing practitioner. Uh, the one caveat I'll say with that is that the amount of good somatic experiencing practitioners in relation yeah. to the amount of need is, is yeah. very, very, very small. Um, there yeah. aren't that many to begin with. 
And of the ones that are there, not all of them really understand what they're doing. It's, it's a very intricate form of work that takes a level of internal awareness uh, that not everyone understands to be important as part of it. Uh, so of the practitioners that I've seen, there's some amazing great ones out there. And there's also many that don't really know what they're doing. And right. that's one of the reasons we encourage people to do something like the 21 day nervous system tune up first is because then you get like a baseline knowledge of, okay, mm -hmm. I understand myself. I understand my, my, my system. I understand the theory behind this work. I'm starting to do some of the practices that makes a person way, way more informed about what to look for in a private practitioner which is yeah. also really helpful. Like if you can find one-on-one -on -one work, that's great as well, but it can be good to have a little baseline first. So you know what you're looking for in the first place. So, Oh, it looks like your, your picture froze up first. I second. agree. I think, Oh, am I still there? There you are. are yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting me here. And I just wanted to add, I think that kind of going through that, that program, it'll, it'll offer your nervous system some stability. So you can, I think, make better choices also about the, the people you choose to work with and things like that. So I, I mm -hmm. highly recommend it for, for anybody. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, this has been awesome chat. Thank you so much for coming in and, um, you know, people, I'll put all the links to the things we just talked about below. Is there any other way, if, if people kind of want to follow your work, is there any other mm. way they should should look for you other than those links? Um, well, yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't offer anyone private sessions at this point because I'm totally, totally full with a long wait list. But if you want to read some of my work, I've got lots, quite a few uh, articles on my website, sethlion.com. There's also a link there to a sound healing album that I made to support nervous system health. Um, so I, I'm a musician, composer, multi-instrumentalist before I got into nervous system work and healing. That's what I did was music. Um, so, uh, wow. that's there. Um, Irene's website, uh, she's got tremendous amount of great blogs, her YouTube, uh, channel for oh, yeah. like videos. Irene's YouTube channel is a tremendous resource to learn more about this stuff. Um, we've got some interviews together on there that people can check out. We did one recently on parenting. Uh, which oh, was nice. pretty great. It's, yeah, it's been really good. People have been enjoying that one and getting a lot from it. So yeah, go to YouTube, Irene Lyon. Uh, check out SethLyon.com or IreneLyon.com. 21 Day Nervous System Tune-Up, all that stuff is is what I would suggest. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll link all that below. And again, thank you for this conversation. I think it's going to help a lot of people and and maybe open some doors for, for people where things have previously been shut so <laughs> I hope so yeah 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 I hope so too well thank you all right thank you Sarah Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Seth. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Again, a little bit of a controversial topic. I hope I didn't lose too many people, but I feel like these are things that we need to be talking about more and more. We need to be a little more comfortable out in the open with these things. And, you know, a lot of the things that Seth and I talk about, I have been getting questioned constantly about how I feel about these topics. So here we go. <laughs> Here's the episode I can point people to when they want to know how I feel about these things. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you did, share it out with a friend. Leave me a review over on Apple or Spotify. 
And a little thank you again to my sponsors, Viva Rays, their circadian glasses using my code Yogi. You can save 15% on those would make an awesome, awesome Christmas present if you celebrate this year. And Optimal Carnivore, use my code Carnivore uppercase Y to support yourself nutritionally, especially during these winter months when our immune systems need a little extra support and upgraded formulas. Again, that source of nervous system dysregulation can sometimes boil down to your mineral balance and using their HTMA with a consultation is a great way to understand your mineral balance code yogi12 or yogi will save you on those minerals. Okay. James is starting to wake up, so I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will talk with you again next week.